News 95.7 and AM 1290 WHIO is proud to bring you the Rick Chamberlain Show. Presented by Bud Light. Live from Milano's Atlantic Submarines on Brown Street. Voted best pizza in Dayton. Creating delicious memories since 1969 on Brown Street near the UD County. The Rick Chamberlain Show is brought to you by Bud Light. The perfect beer for whatever happens. Flyer Spirit. Stop on over to Flyer Spirit and show off your Flyer pride. Go UD and the University of Dayton Athletics. Combining student athletes and fans of championship caliber. Now here's Larry Hanskin and University of Dayton football coach Rick Chamberlain. And good evening, everyone, and welcome to Milano's on Brown Street. And welcome to another edition of the Rick Chamberlain Show here on the home of the Flyers. Larry Hanskin here, joined by the coach, Rick Chamberlain. Dayton now 5-1 and overall and 3-0 and in the Pioneer Football League after a 41-7 win at home over Moorhead State. And the Flyers are getting ready to make a business trip uh, later this week to the West Coast to take on San Diego. In addition to the coach, we've also got uh, two key members of this Dayton football team. We have junior safety Travis Neese from Piqua, and also we've got uh, senior, well, actually grad student, uh, J.J. Greenwood out of Middletown. And uh, so glad uh, that all of you could be with us here tonight. And coach, um, maybe not... Maybe not perfect, maybe not certainly where you want to be yet, but um, a big step forward as far as playing a more complete game on Saturday? It was, Larry, and uh, that was our goal. We felt like that uh, all through our season up to this point, we had played in spots very good football, but it wasn't four quarters of football, of good football, and I really felt like on all phases of the game, offense, defense, kicking, we did an outstanding job for four quarters there. As you said there's areas of improvement that we want to to shore up and keep getting better on but overall i thought the execution was outstanding you know each week this football season it seems like uh, history is made uh if not uh, literally in the uh, in the record books certainly anecdotally uh, a five overtime uh, win on the road and then last week your kicker scores a touchdown on a fumble recovery this week you score, you score five. You score five rushing, or rather six rushing touchdowns, and and, and, and you have and you have four of those are over fifty yards. Three of them are over sixty yards. Had you ever seen anything like that before? Not like that, uh, Larry. So explosive there. And in fact, we as a staff had been talking about the last few weeks how we had not really had big play scores. We had been able to move down the field and, 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 and work our way down and score touchdowns once we got inside the red zone. But to have touchdowns of 50 yards, 60 yards, whether it was by pass or by run, we had not uh, accomplished that this year. And I guess we got it all done in one game there. But that was a credit, of course, to our line and then to these running backs that were able to see the holes and to take off. Well, four running backs carried the load on Saturday, and they all uh, did well. Uh, uh, led, of course, by Connor Castor, the Pioneer Football League Offensive Player of the Week with 232 yards on just 10 carries. He had four of those touchdown runs. And uh, one of our guests here tonight, J.J. Greenwood, you didn't get in the end zone, but you had, a, uh, I guess, just a paltry 77 yards compared to the, uh, to the total of, of Connor. How did it feel to get back in action and, and to get to carry the load like you did as much as you did on Saturday? It felt great. I mean, um, it was a... A rough, long road trying to, you know, recover, stressing about me being healthy. But I was, I managed to, you know, make it back and 
I was I was actually pretty hyped for the game, so I was excited to be able to get in there and do what I could for the team. For the fans who don't know, uh, in his first game as a flyer against uh, Georgetown, you suffered a lacerated kidney in that game, and then you missed the subsequent games. You were available on an emergency basis at Marist and then returned to the playing field, uh, hopefully for good, uh, last week against Moorhead. A lacerated kidney. I'm not a doctor, but that sounds painful. Is it? Uh, yes, it's very painful. Um, sort of like a bruise, but I actually did the damage where I had a slight tear on the outside of my kidney. But luckily, you know, um, that, that's what it was. It could have been a lot worse and could have, been out, could have been out for the rest of the season. All right. All healed up and good to go now? Yes, sir. All right. Uh, now, the other uh, the other player who is with us tonight uh, inflicts pain as opposed to receiving it, uh, Travis Neese, uh, a safety by trade, but uh, you've made your mark heretofore on special teams primarily as a guy who can uh, who can lay the wood on some people, especially in uh, in kick coverage, and uh, and you're one of the gunners on the punt team. Um, let's, you know, and I got a little bit ahead of myself, but uh, you know, we'll get back to you, JJ, in a minute here. But uh, Travis, we do just want to ask you, just tell us about your background in high school in Piqua and what brought you then to the University of Dayton. Uh, well, coming out of high school, I signed a Division One scholarship with Toledo. I uh, played there for two seasons, stayed about a year and a half. It was, and uh, midway through my last season there, I just felt that uh, there was a need for a change. So I called my dad and we talked it over, and he said, "Okay, if this is really what you want to do, then." We're going to find some resources and figure out where you need to go. So um, it's funny. We actually, I went to the Marist-Dayton homecoming game last year, and uh, I really I really took a liking to the place. And, I mean, I've been around the program for so long, watching Coach when I was younger and Coach Kelly and things like that. Um, it just felt like this was this was home, you know. I, I was yearning for a family-like atmosphere, and I really found it here. And... Um, yeah, that's pretty much how I got here. All right, that's how Travis Neese got here. And then uh, the aforementioned uh, J.J. Greenwood, a grad student at the University of Dayton and a uh, running back on this Flyer football team. Much like Travis, uh, you took a indirect path that led you from your hometown to Middletown to the University of Dayton. Tell our listeners how, how you got here. All right, well, um, I graduated from Middletown, and then I, I went to Miami University, Oxford, and I played there and walked on. For four years, and I actually earned a scholarship my senior year. But I had I got redshirted my first year, so I had an extra year eligibility. Um, like Travis, I felt like you know change was needed, and I actually um, I did some homework. You know, I've always wanted to be a flyer coming out of high school, but um, I felt like I needed to you know kind of prove myself first, give myself a chance. But um, I, I got back to you know being around uh, my family and you know we decided that Dayton was the right fit so I, I contacted a couple of the coaches coach Fox you know he helped me get here and along with coach Chamberlain I mean it might not it might not have been easy but we was we was able to make it work all right well it's good it's good certainly good to have you have you both here uh and, and finally come home so to speak and and, and find uh, both a football and a college home and and I'm not going to not to cast any aspersions uh, on Miami it's outstanding school and the program there and my son is a student at Miami so I have nothing but good things to say about Miami however the chance to, to play play some winning football after 
some dry some dry years for you down there in Oxford. How does that feel right now to not only be playing on a winning football team, but a, a team that can play for a championship potentially? Well, it feels lovely. I mean, uh, my freshman year at Miami, we actually won the MAC championship under uh, Coach Mike Haywood, and. You know, the, a couple years after that, it was just, you know, it rough, like you said, you know, kind of dry. I mean, it, it feels great. I mean, I don't really care about stats or anything right now. As long as we're winning, that's that's good enough for me. And, and you know, you were with a su- successful program in Toledo, but to not have your hands maybe yeah. in that success, mm-hmm. how much more rewarding are these victories now for you, Travis? Oh, it, it's it's special. It really is to know that you ha- you played some role, whether it be special teams, ten plays in the game, or come in at the end or whatever. Um, it, it's really special to know that you have a part in that victory and to be on a five and one program looking for a championship. It, it's really something special. All right, uh, something special going for the University of Dayton right now. They're five and one, and they are three and zero oh in the Pioneer Football League, and they're not done. They've got a lot of games ahead of them. And it's uh, if ever I've been around a team that's had a one week at a time mentality, it would be this Dayton football team. One week at a time. That's this week at San Diego. Of course, we'll talk about that. We'll talk more about a very solid and impressive performance in a 41-7 win over Moorhead State. And we'll learn a heck of a lot more about J.J. Greenwood and Travis Neese. That's all part of the Rick Chamberlain Show as we continue live from Milano's on Brown Street. The home of the Flyers. News 95.7 and AM 1290 WHIO. If you or someone you know is addicted to drugs or alcohol, please write down this number. 1-800-426-6186. That's 1-800-426-6186. By calling Aid in Recovery for help with drug and alcohol addiction, you can turn your life around. Our advisors are ready to match you with a proven treatment center that will end your drug or alcohol addiction once and for all. Your future is a bright place. Don't waste any more time making friends and family worry about you. When you call right now, you'll speak to an expert advisor who understands what you're going through. We can help you break your addiction to drugs and alcohol before it's too late. This call is completely confidential, and if you have private insurance, there'll be little to no cost to you. Take control of your life now. Make the one call count. 1-800-426-6186. That's 1-800-426-6186. Do you have a bad luck engagement ring or wedding band tucked away in your drawer? Are you finally ready to move on? Stafford Jewelers is paying top dollar for your used diamonds, gold, and silver right now. Here's John Stafford. If you've been watching the news lately, you know it's no secret that the gold prices are at record highs. So why not turn that unused gold into instant cash? Come in now and we'll add another 10% to your payout and give you a $10 gas card to cover your drive from anywhere. Stafford's wants to buy your diamond ring. In fact, they'll buy any diamonds, all shapes, all sizes. Clean out your jewelry box. If it's damaged, if it's broken, it just doesn't matter. Your bad luck engagement ring and wedding band can finally bring you some good luck that you deserve. This diamond ring. 
Stafford Jewelers on State Route 725 across from Sears Auto. I'm John Stafford, and I'm your jeweler. The Department of Defense Investments in the Dayton region have created new jobs and new opportunities for our local workforce, and business is supporting these investments. Dayton Defense is the region's voice for these business interests to represent and promote the development of our region's defense sector. The Wright State Research Institute provides a gateway to university capabilities, scientists, and staff. With a focus on applied research, the Institute uses emerging technologies to tackle difficult problems facing our industry and government partners, while providing expertise in such domains as neuroscience and medical imaging, unmanned aerial systems, cyber operator performance, and more. The Wright State Research Institute is committed to strengthening the economy and growing the workforce of the Dayton region and the state of Ohio. Dayton Defense, a not-for-profit industry association, has served this community since 1995. The organization is committed to sustaining a vibrant regional defense contractor industrial base. Dayton Defense also supports common community interest of all those who live and work in the Dayton area. To learn how the defense sector affects you, your community, or your business, visit DaytonDefense.org. Hi, Marty Brenneman for Retirement IQ. In the past month, about 40,000 retirees in the tri-state have learned that their current Medicare Advantage plans will not be zero premium in 2015. If a zero premium is important to you, Retirement IQ can provide access to multiple zero premium plans, including some that are new for 2015. Retirement IQ will evaluate your preferences and guide you to the plan that's right for you, all at no cost to you. Schedule your appointment now. Visit RetireMed.com. A few more showers, plenty of clouds overnight with a low of 45. I'm Chief Meteorologist Jamie Simpson on Dayton's official station for severe weather, News 95.7 WHIO. The home of the Flyers, News 95.7 and AM 1290 WHIO. Larry Hanskin back here at Milano's and Brown Street, back on the Rick Chamberlain Show. Flyers are 5-1, 3-0 in the Pioneer Football League, coming off a 41-7 win at home over Moorhead State and looking towards a game Saturday night out on the West Coast against San Diego. And Coach uh, Chamberlain, you know, when you win 41-7 and you rush for uh, 434 yards, I believe, you, you have uh, big touchdown runs of three of them over 60 yards, another over 50, uh, six total rushing touchdowns in the game the defense gets overshadowed but that's that was a heck of a defensive game i I tell you larry going into the game i I felt like we could move the ball on moorhead i really did i thought either running the ball or throwing the ball we could have some success it was their offense we were very concerned about so explosive with their quarterback and bornheiser at wide receiver and their running backs and i really felt like we had an outstanding week of practice for our defense and the guys were really locked in they knew what to expect they had their keys down and and watching the film and and during the game i just thought we were much faster than them it just seemed like we were explosive on them and and caught them there and and really swarmed to the football and and after a quarter or two of that you really get frustrated as an offense and you really get down you know what i thought was interesting you mentioned uh, brendan bornhauser who was a guy last year who really was a thorn in dayton side. Uh, They got him the ball a lot of different ways and even on kickoff returns. And this year coming into the game he was literally a dual threat. He had 15 rushes on the year. He had 15 receptions on the year. Never touched the ball in the first half. Second half, their very first series, 
They forced they force fed him three straight times. Didn't get a first down. Had to ended up having to punt the ball. But do you? Th- I thought that was interesting that such a weapon was gone in the first half, and it was almost as if at halftime they said, "Hey, we got to get the ball to Brandon." Right, and and you never know what the game plan was, and and maybe they felt like, "Hey, uh, Dayton uh, will be zeroed in on him, and so let's spread it around." But uh, your players like Bornhauser, you got to get the ball in his hands, and they tried that there, like you said in the second half there, but we were uh, good enough to contain him and not let him get away from us on kick game, kicking game or on offense there. Speaking about uh, giving credit where credit is due, and we've already mentioned uh, the outstanding offensive line play you have been getting, and I think it's almost implied that when you have a big day running the football like that, uh, I think Flyer fans are savvy enough to realize that the big uglies up front are doing something good uh, for the backs like uh, like JJ and, and Jack Adams and and uh, and Connor Casser and even Kyle Sess to have the kind of days that they had. But also perhaps overlooked in Saturday's game, in addition to the defense, was the job of your quarterback and even your wide receivers who all had pretty solid days. Uh, they did, and, and it was not a, a big passing day for us, but uh, smart coaches, you go with what you're, what's working, and our running game was working very well. But a, a part of that running game success was our wideouts blocking downfield. That's why you get big runs. You don't get big runs just by the front line opening up a hole. you got to have men downfield blocking to, to allow those running backs to get those 50, 60 yard gains so our receivers may not have had their biggest day catching the ball but just what they were doing downfield blocking was outstanding and then will uh will just doing what we needed to do on the run reads and and giving the ball when he needed to he kept it a couple times so uh everybody was in sync on the offense i felt larry now and saw there again the defense uh, comes awfully close to pitching a shutout against a team that was well, not a team that you expected to shut out. I mean, they were one of the top-scoring teams in the league. They were uh, number two in the conference, averaging close to 30-some points a game. They were number two in the conference in total offense, uh, averaging over 430 yards a game. So uh, our guys were up for it. Travis could tell you just how locked in they were and how they were just right on uh, what Moorhead was trying to do to us. And let's talk about that, Travis, because I think it's important that uh, this was a – this was a cerebral week for you guys in terms of your preparation, uh, the entire defense, and especially the secondary, because what is it about Moorhead's offense, the way they run what they run, what makes it uniquely challenged versus other opponents you face? Well, definitely for sure, they're no huddle and their look-look offense and they're up-tempo. We knew coming in that, that was going to be a challenge, but we felt that if we could dictate the tempo and slow them down and make them play flyer football instead of eagle football, then we were going to have a good shot to win the game. And I think that's what we did. So obviously we did. But um, I just think, like Coach said, the preparation, you could tell just even as a player looking in the eyes of some of the guys in the locker room, they were locked in. Just you could see the fire. They were ready to play. And I think, I mean, again, we've had – I don't know what eight weeks of really good practices and just the preparation of the guys just focus in and ready to play i think that's you, what helped you are a hitter yourself as exhibited by what you've already done this year uh, on special teams and uh, in, the, in the chances you've had from scrimmage as well um, based on your observations 
how would you rate Saturday's game from a tackling standpoint versus the other games this year? Um, for myself, for the, well, the whole team, you look, um, looking at your peers and and rating them on how they did. Uh, well, we only missed four tackles, so uh, I thought very well, um, and I think that actually helped us get the lead that we did that we were able to get guys on the ground on first contact it was one-on-one tackles out in space um i really think that helped a lot for sure rick i asked you after the game if and that was just you know right off the top of your head if you thought it was your best tackling game you've looked at it on film now what do you think oh most of it and larry what was good about the best tackling game that we had it was probably the hardest hitting tackling game that we've had so far we had something like six nominees for hammer hit this past week uh J.J. ended up winning it, though. All that good tackling that we did, J.J. ran over uh, one of uh, Moorhead's players, defensive players, and it was the best hit. But it was by far our best game tackling so far. Good job, J.J., because remember, you always want to be, be the hammer. You never want to be the nail. <laughs> right. Yes, okay? Well, there, there's been some guys in, in your shoes that have consistently won that award. You don't want to be that guy, okay? Right. Yes, sir. Uh, because you want to have a life beyond football afterwards for one thing. Exactly. Um, you know, let, let's talk a little bit about your day on Saturday. And, and I, I didn't get a chance to talk to you right after the game, but I did talk to Connor a little bit. And uh, one thing he said was that he felt that early on the offensive line was not just getting initial contact, but he was starting to see blocks at that secondary level, at the linebacker level. When, when you saw that, is that the is that the key to you to realize okay now I've got some running room, right? Yes, sir. I mean, um, starting off, Connor he he was right out the gate. You know, he took a a nice little run, but you know it starts up front with the O line, and you know we give the we give those guys more credit than anybody because you know we have to we have to trust them and they have to trust us. But um, yeah, once once we see holes opening up, and you know we just got to take it. We can't we can't miss the opportunities. Well, you're a speed guy, or else they wouldn't have you back there returning kicks. Yet you did most of your damage between the tackles. Yes, sir. You got some, you got some power game in you? Yes, sir. I got, I, I got a little bit. I don't want to you know, talk about it too much, but, I mean, I just I had to go with it. You know, I couldn't second-guess myself or my injury. I just had to, you know, sometimes lower my head and get the tough yardage that I could. You know, Rick, I think uh, two weeks ago, you would have been uh, very, very concerned about your depth at running back. How do you feel today after what you saw Saturday? I, I tell you, and Larry, you were mentioning there a few weeks. That's why Kyle Sess was playing running back because our depth was so bad there with injuries, guys that were out for the season. Now with uh, Connor, J.J., Jack Adams, who I thought, Larry, had his best game as a Dayton football player, the cuts he made and the acceleration and the strength he showed. Uh, we've got three guys there that I, I feel very can run inside, outside, and Kyle says, I mean, Kyle wins up the game with a 63-yard touchdown just bouncing off people there. Uh, we're in good shape right now with our running back situation. Now, maybe the quote of the day had to be by Connor after the game. He, you know, Kyle's been practicing at running back for two weeks. He said he has learned in two weeks what it's taken Connor to learn two years. Uh, that says something about Kyle, but it may say something about Connor as well. But uh, Kyle says, I think right now is still running. I don't.